ride with me in my foul life. Foul Life Podcast is back at you. We're so excited for today's episode because we get to talk shooting, we get to talk guns, we get to talk sights, seeing better. How do you become a better shotgunner? Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends out of the great state of Wyoming, High Viz Sights Light Pipe Technology. I don't know how many years exactly we have been using the product. I know we've been partnered with High Viz for almost one complete decade now. And all I can say is that I can I truly and completely believe in what they've done for myself personally as a shotgunner and I shoot a shotgun almost every day of my life and I can tell you that in any lighting condition it has upped my success rate and more importantly my confidence in picking out my target squeezing the trigger and then transitioning from my first target to my second target and so forth we're going to get in that today today I'm humbled to have the founder of HiViz Phil Howe. I've known this man for about a decade. He was one of the first people that believed in what we were doing at the Foul Life. He was still actually based out of Fort Collins, Colorado at that time. And now they've made the transition into the state of Wyoming, into the city and town of Laramie. Mr. Phil, how are you? Very good. How are you, Chad? I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's cold here but from what the sounds like the neck of the woods you're uh, hailing from right now it's really cold up there yep we uh we got an arctic blast that uh came through and uh i think it started up sunday and temperatures dropped but we'll take it uh with the fires that we have here in colorado it uh, will help get a handle on that so the the fires have been through Colorado and partly into into that part of Wyoming, and the 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 snowfall and the precipitation has helped get a handle on it. Yes. And are you? Do you experience um, in that part of the country? If it snows in a place like Nashville, Tennessee, was my last place where they're not used to snow and then all of a sudden the drivers have to experience that. Being around where you're at right now. Um, People are more accustomed. They don't really get too nervous when they have to drive in those conditions, right? Oh, no, no. It's uh, pretty normal here. Is it how many inches fell this time? Um, I think it was about eight to 10 inches that we got. It was kind of hard to gauge because it was blizzard conditions. So we had quite a bit of wind going as well. And when you think about that, those kind of weather conditions, do you, do, is it kind of a, a hard thing to have in that area with all the ranching and all of the different types of farming and ranching going on, all of the livestock? When it gets that cold, it's got to, to get tough for everything. And even in that area, um, what, what happens? You have a lot of friends that are ranchers and cattle ranchers and, and growing livestock. Do they have to do they have to take this into consideration that when it gets this cold, you're saying negative 20, 30 degrees with the wind chill? Yes, yes. Yeah, hopefully, um, you know, they're able to get their cattle around some kind of windbreak or uh, a lot of cases that that doesn't happen. So you really feel for the livestock. You know, when we get those kind of weather conditions, do you feel? Do you think that being in that area has 
kept you more focused because you're inside more with those kind of temperatures, Mr. Phil, to where now you can like everything, you don't really have to fill the niche. I, there's no way you want to go outside when it's like that. So I assume that business is a little bit more focused on when it's that cold. Well, you know, we don't, we don't get that all the time. Um, typically December, January, we get our Arctic blast where you get the sub zero temperatures, but other than that, um, it's really not too bad if, if you're outdoors uh, type like cross country, downhill, um, snowmobile. Um, there's a lot of opportunity in the area if, if you like getting out and uh, doing any of those things. It definitely helps shorten the winter, if you will. Yeah, 100%. I, I love that area. Um the last thing I would say about that area, there was a song written, I don't remember how many years ago. It's been performed by several different artists. Mickey and the Motor Cars is the one that I remember the most, my favorite version. But there's a song out there called Rock Springs to Cheyenne. And that stretch of Interstate 80 through that part of Wyoming, Rollins and Green River and Evanston's a little bit before Rock Springs, but all the way from Rock Springs, all the way to the Colorado border, Cheyenne, that part where you start getting into Colorado, Nebraska, it's been held as some of, it can be hectic driving. The the the, the big rigs, the 18 wheelers, the whiteouts, the black ice, the high winds. I mean, I've been in Rawlings, Rawlings, uh, Wyoming, Mr. Field, where my, my, it's not for my side mirrors to get bent in on my truck like it if you if you want to face every element of bad weather you get on that stretch of highway oh it's it's definitely a tough stretch of road um uh, i would say over the course of the winter you probably will see 12 15 uh closures uh due to wind as you say ice uh but uh yeah it is it's a it's a pretty much wide open so there's really nothing to protect you mr phil the, a lot of good business ideas and products and development of these products come out of necessity they come out of somebody saying well this could be done better or um, an example that i use is a, a partner that we work with in texas um dad's out in his pickup truck on the uh, around the cattle uh, you know runs into one of the longhorns and it just smashes the front end of his truck so they go into the shop the son starts building and welding and fabricating a bumper that turns into a national bumper company and it came out of necessity just so they would quit ruining the front ends of their trucks when something like this would happen in texas what was that kind of your mindset back in the day i want to go back to why wasn't it suffice just to have the sights that a gun owner would experience when he or she opened that box or took that gun off the shelf at their, their retail sporting goods store? Well, um, what started, I guess, me down this road uh, prior to starting Hyvis, um, I worked product development, uh, developing livestock products. Um, and I met a gentleman, he was showing me this concept and it was a good concept. Uh, definitely, um, uh, caught my attention. It was different from, as you say, uh, you know, the average standard site. And so we met and talked and that's where it got going. And, and I could see the benefits 
of a fiber optic site and, and how that uh, would help uh, in the case of a shotgun, a shotgunner. Um, so um, basically, I, I saw it and I saw it as a good idea and we just took it to the next step and then the next step and uh, that would have been in 1995, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, we had the product put together and launched in 1996. So you're looking at going on, you know, 25 years of business. The vision, you say it was a good idea, but what was the idea? Like, what sold you on the fact that, well, when you pull this shotgun up, this is what you're seeing on this factory site or this bead. What was it that told you, well, uh, the human eye is going to be more apt to this idea of having to spend more money now for an aftermarket item to put on that shotgun, which happens every day in our industry. We don't cut corners as hunters. Um, I know the ability and and the confidence that hive is like i stated earlier gives me but what were you seeing in those early days of like man this is this is really a good idea because why well as you know with a shotgun you focus totally on your target and what i saw early on with this by uh, increasing the brightness or or making the sight easier to see it allowed you to actually focus on your target more and and um it it and that has been proven i think over time uh it does help you instead of your eyes jumping back and forth from your target to your barrel um it allows you to stay focused because your peripheral uh does see that bright sight so does that mindset cross over into what you would later on get into with the handguns and all of the different sites? And there's so many different sites now available for, for handguns and for shotguns and different applications of these sites, different color light pipes. Was the original one green? And how long after you started in on the endeavor was it there were, well, now that peripheral vision and picking up your target with a handgun can be altered and be magnified with this light pipe technology right as you know handguns a little bit uh different in sighting but by having it brighter i think you're able whether it's a shotgun a shotgun or a handgun it allows you to get on a target quicker and do you think that people's was was the color based off of scientific research that that color is easily or picked up by the eye a lot faster um actually when we began um i always personally liked the green uh but we had a a green uh a yellow um and orange and it didn't take long to figure out most people trended toward the green very quickly. And is there a reason why that was there studies done? Um, no studies pretty much. Um, you know, when, when we got on the market, uh, that just became the, the site of choice or the color of choice for many shooters. Uh, I do know, um, um, the, um, there are some folks that are colorblind, um, and it seems like the the green has fared better. People will will see it much better. 
Um, and um, so, but yeah, it's by far uh, green has been the most popular. So when I talk about the sites, some of the quotes that I hear are, oh yeah, early morning, that sun's coming up, it's shooting hours are just coming in on a duck hunt or a quail hunt or a pheasant hunt, cloudy day, low ceiling, darker skies, weather conditions are changing. Do these sites work on a sunny bluebird day, Mr. Phil? Has there been studies or research done by you and your team at HiViz over the years since 1995 that show that, hey, even on a bluebird day, you're going to pick this site up better? It's almost given that if it's darker, a neon green color like on a bar sign is flashing, you see it when it's dark, as opposed to being in the daytime, it doesn't stand out as much as it does at nighttime or darker hours of the day. So is is that taken into consideration and should a person and still rely on high vis on a bluebird day um yes um the technology that we use um and the reason our site works so well outdoors um, we, um and that was part of the key backing up when we developed the product um coming up with a light pipe that would gather light trans transmit it and so we, from day one, uh, developed um, the light pipe using injection molding. Um, and and there's, a little, there's a difference between that and the other fiber optics that you see on the market. Um, and there is a reason that our light pipe will gather in the, in the case of say early morning, uh, as long as you have ambient light, even um, say in a gray sky, if you got a storm coming over and getting dark, um, that ambient light actually excites the light pipe and it'll turn on pretty much like a neon. Um, and it's because we have no cladding around it and it's able to, to gather the light better. You and don't it, have any what around it? Pardon? You said you don't have any what around it? Cladding? Cladding, yes. Define that, please. Um, cladding on the extruded fiber optic, they put what they call a cladding, and it works really well indoors. Um, if you're in a building, it um, that can work pretty well, but... Um, our technology with no cladding works better for, again, picking up ambient light. Mainly outdoors. Yes. So when you, when you start talking about the ambient light and the bluebird sky days, is your eye, when, you, when you're talking about that color of that light pipe, now does that matter or is it just a preference or do you try to educate the end consumer or the potential customer of okay if it's bluebird you might go with this color if it's overcast you might go with this color if it's low light conditions in the morning you might go with this color because that tends to be a little bit more hazy and black then your low light overcast days are a little bit more gray then your bluebird is a little bit more bright and and the blues are there and you see all the colors really so does that matter when you're picking out the color um it can background um can make a difference if, if you've got a lot of green background you may want to change to a red uh, but 
you know, we find a lot of people, if, if green is a choice, they pretty much stay with it um, or, or a red. But uh, I've, you know, uh, years ago when I competed in sporting plays, there was times just psychologically, if, if I was struggling, I would change it from a green to a red uh, light pipe just for mental. But um, um, uh, typically, like I say, once they shoot with it, um, the site they prefer, they, they usually stay with it. Okay, so when you transition from the color of the light pipe to the length and the size, the diameter, the circumference, the, you know, the overall footprint of that sight on your rib, on the end of your muzzle, there's a new site out there that was the comp site that we've been, that I, that is been released by hive is and it's a lot smaller than the magna hunter the bird buster the things that i've hunted with in the past but i'm getting great results from it why are the bird hunter the bird buster and the and the magna hunter longer a little bit thicker in diameter and then you got you got this comp site that's so much smaller and you know just it's 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 a little tiny site compared to the other ones does the size of the site matter um Again, it's it's preference choice. Uh, when we first introduced, uh, by the way, the first products we introduced was uh, the M three hundred and the four hundred, and then the, the the plane barrel, and those had the longer, bigger diameter that you're referring to, and um, um, those were designed primarily for bird hunting. But we learned early on that a lot of uh, uh, Target uh, sporting clay trap skeet uh, shooters were were starting to shoot with it, and so that was kind of a learning curve. And that when we saw you know the 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 target market kicking in, we designed a smaller um, diameter and and um, um, I don't want to say less trusy, but um, smaller diameter it was still bright but what we found is the sporting clay uh skeet trap shooters preferred that one but to this day the the bigger diameter i would say is more popular for bird is that because people have not been educated on what the smaller one can do or does it just go with the mentality that bigger is better when you're hunting because uh, like I, I, I've made the transition almost every duck hunt now, Mr. Phil, I use a 20 gauge or a 28 gauge as opposed to a 12. Is it just because they think bigger is better or is that just the most, the most common, uh, you know, eyesight is that they're going to pick that one up better? Well, I think there's a couple things going on, you know, your target shooters that compete there, you know, they can put uh two to 500 rounds a week, you know, um, uh, depending, but they have so much repetition. It's different from, I believe your, your average bird hunter that, you know, goes once a year. I think the, the bigger site, um, does help them. Um, and, and again, locking on that target, it's easier to see. Um, and so, I think that's why you see the difference between the, you know, the bird hunter and, and like I say, the target market. 
uh, the preference, but I would say target you definitely with the repeti uh, repetition and so forth. Um, you know, the muscle memory, uh, they do a whole lot more shooting and, and, um, so, um, does, does that make sense to you that, um, um, I'm kind of struggling here looking for words, but I think repetition, you know, when I was, uh, competing, I would probably three to 500 rounds a week. So, um, everything was, you know, I could replant my head a shot across or outgo or incomer. And, um, so the, the smaller site, I think, uh, defines your site picture a little tighter, if you will. So, so are you, is it, is it, if I'm reading you right or an understanding, if you're three to 500 rounds a week as a competitive shooter or just somebody on the, on the clay, on the sporting clay range or skeet or five stand or whatever, your muscle memory is taking over to where you just shoulder that gun and look down that rib and boom. If you're going as a weekend warrior duck hunting, maybe two days a week or three days a month, your right. muscle memory might not be there like that sporting clay shooter. So you're relying on that bigger visual to get you on target and keep you on target exactly that's that's kind of that's more plays into um j same as like when you're shooting ducks with a 20 gauge as opposed to a 12 gauge if you do it a lot more you're going to start to find out you know your your leads and your, your swing and and the different shot sizes and what they're going to be able to do as opposed to shooting a 20 gauge 500 times a week on a, a sporting clay range you're going to just throw it up and know exactly what that pattern is going to do out of that choke tube with that side on it with you know obviously paired with whatever ammo you're shooting and whatever it's being pushed of, you know, as far as as far as the shot size goes and how hot that round is, I completely understand that. It's it makes sense to me that now when I think back about. I, I duck hunt and shoot so much that I am geared towards that that comp site now, just because it it takes up less room on my gun aesthetically. It helps me more to where when I look down that barrel, it almost gets me focused more on my target to where i'm relying now on my what i what i've learned on how to shoot a shotgun and i almost don't rely on the site as much even though it's there and i'm picking it up it's almost like it's just it's it's just part of the gun again where that that bigger site is a little bit more of too big of a footprint sometimes exactly yeah and you know the when when you first put it on uh, especially you know the the, the bigger site, bigger diameter, longer, um, it's so bright, you know, people find themselves looking at it and I just tell them, just go shoot, don't look at the site and, you know, let the site work for you. And the longer it's on there, the, the less you're looking at it. But at first, you know, a new shooter will notice that site um, uh, for a while until, until they get to shooting and, uh, but like I say, the best advice is, you know, focus on the target. Do not, do not stare at the site. So now as far as we keep saying target, but when you start talking about targets and you start talking about doubles and triples, 
to me, it makes perfect sense on how transitioning is elevated with the light pipe technology, because once you're on that rib and you're on that target, now you have that sight and now you just have to cover up that next target with it as you transition. Do you think that 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 is just as important to your everyday consumer and and the people that are repping high vis the, the, the professionals as it is to just picking up that first target? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, it uh, totally agree with that. Yes. And do you think that as far as transitioning goes from target to target, how, how do you tell people that high vis and, and light pipe technology will help that? Because that's a big thing in hunting is knowing when to transition to the next target and being confident to pull that trigger again. Well, you know, I'm I'm not an instructor, but um, I do know, um, like I said earlier, I do know our sites do help get on a target quicker. And that's one thing you will see with a new shooter. One thing they notice when they have shot our product for the first time, they get on the target much quicker. Um, and that's again, because they're seeing their eyes locked on a, on their target, they're getting on the target quicker, peripheral seeing where the target barrel relation or where the, the barrel is. So it, it um, there's no eyes jumping back and forth between the target and the barrel. It helps you stay locked and that's why you're able to get on targets, I think, quicker. See, that makes total sense. There's no jumping back and forth. So you're able to, that's why transitioning is so much smoother for me, because that's what I pride myself in is, you know, going from ethical shot to the next ethical shot and having confidence before you pull that trigger, because it's a big responsibility to aim a gun at a living creature, a living animal and take its life. You don't want to wound it. You don't want to cripple it. You don't want to put it through any kind of suffering at all. And I think that the hive is, you know, what we're talking about with the technology and the belief and the ideology that goes into it is just that, that you are getting on that target the way that you're intended to do it. And this, the light pipe is helping you transition to the next one because every duck hunter goose hunter is going to face that quail hunter pheasant hunter where they're going to have multiple shot opportunities in the same instance and it's a lot harder to do you can rely on muscle memory and you can rely on practice but the, the 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 truth is is that duck hunters don't shoot enough to have that muscle memory unless you're you know a 30-year seasoned vet but for a new person getting into this that's where where this technology becomes so helpful of getting your confidence as a shotgunner to ethically and responsibly dispatch these animals the way that hunters are supposed to do it right and that's that is huge to me that a new hunter can come into this space and have that comfort and that that consistency and that confidence to say, Oh, that's what I'm supposed to be seeing. And I think that that quote behind your head right there says it all is that all of a sudden, you know, it's like the lights are turned on and that is what we need to give 
people that, and not just hunting, Mr. Phil, but when we see the sales of guns going up drastically, like they have in the COVID year of 2020, um, it's happened in other election years, um, other presidencies where we've seen gun sales and ammo sales go through the roof. These new shooters need to be educated on, here is a way that you can train your body and hone your skill set in on this weapon to become better and more proficient with it, giving you the confidence. And what does that do? That teaches you not to be scared because it's scared, being scared of the gun is the first mistake in becoming very unsuccessful with it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that you have to be able to tell people that, hey, with the use of a high-vis light pipe technology, it's more than just an aftermarket site. That's how I've always believed in the product is that this is what it's teaching me to do to become a more ethical hunter because I think we owe it to the birds. We also owe it to ourselves as gun owners to be the most ethical and responsible and safest shooter that we possibly can be. Yes, absolutely. I'm with that 100%. So is that go back to the roots of the company of this is what Hivis is built on is that we want people to understand that their skills can be completely improved by shooting these these sites that Hivis is producing. Well, absolutely. You know, our you mentioned research, a lot of our research was going out, you know, whether it was hunting or just to arrange and, um, you know, testing the product. Um, and we saw right away the benefits that uh, what the site had to offer. And, and that's why, you know, frankly, um, we launched, I believe it was June of 1996, but it, it was a real strong launch and it didn't take us long um, to, start in um, pretty serious growth mode. So the product was was ac uh, accepted right away. And have you seen people alter their, their habits when it comes to shooting? Once they put it on there, I'm of the belief system that you'd ever take it off. But do you ever think that people go, well, now that I, the hive is, has taught me how to shoot that I can go back to just being regular now. Oh no, no. Once, once they've gotten the site, um, have shot, whether it's hunting or whatever out, uh, target. Um, uh, no, they, they don't go without, uh, the site, whether it's shotgun, handgun, um, it, it becomes part of the equipment that they're they're comfortable with their confidence and and so forth i've seen other companies in the past decade come into the space um and and kind of use the the scope mentality if you will of the laser scope or the laser sight for waterfowling um waterfowling and bird hunting wing shooting as a whole is a very traditional sport now i'm not saying that that deer hunting and other types aren't but a lot of people in deer hunting are of the mindset that i just need my rifle and my scope and my blaze orange and i'm going to go deer hunt that's why there's so many deer hunters it's not as 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 gear intensive if you don't want it to be now i'm not saying a deer hunter can't go out and just be like well i'm gonna do archery and muzzleloader and rifle and this and reload and do all my things you can get into it as much as you want but in duck hunting it's been tradition that 
I don't know if you're ever going to persuade a duck hunter to put a muzzle brake or a silencer on his or her 12 gauge. I don't know if you're ever going to persuade or sell a duck hunter the ideology to put a laser sight, you know, a scope, if you will, on where you got to pull your shotgun up shoulder. And I've seen people try to come into the space and do that. I think a lot of it has to do with the traditional sense of what shotgunning is. And the Hi-Viz brand has never disrupted or interrupted that traditional sense all it's done is enhance it to where now you're still using your shotgunning skills but you're just training your eye to get on target stay on target and transition from target to target in a more a cleaner smoother way is that fair to say oh that you said it very well and i would agree with everything you say a hundred percent there because you can't you can't you can teach an old dog new tricks but the hive is is more i I, it's hard for me to explain to people how giddy i get looking down a hive is i just i was just looking at some video that we we just aired an episode um with chase outlaw from the pbr we were hunting in arkansas really terrible conditions for the flooded timber not one day was foggy the next day was cloudy and overcast and he just kept throwing his gun up on his shoulder because he couldn't believe the visibility of our guns compared to what he was used to shooting. So he's like, I'm, I'm sold. Like I need one of these a hundred percent. And then I'm like, well, you know, even in blue sky, you know, you know, sunshine days, it still does the same thing to you. And I love the explanation of that ambient light and being outdoors and how it collects that light. I've never thought of the hive is as a collector of light, but it really is is collecting that that ambience uh, that ambient light that you're talking about and i i need i want to challenge myself to go out and like watch how that is actually occurring of i don't know if you can do it do you put sunglasses on and watch the difference in your sight are there ways that you can practice that of seeing the light get gathered or is it just happening so quick that our eyes can't get trained for that well that's a good question um you know, I really don't know uh, exactly how to answer that, but, um, you know, um, when you talk different backgrounds, different lighting, you know, glasses, uh, I shot with, you know, uh, colored glasses, um, I think rose color, but, um, and again, my preference was the green, but it, it was, um, you know, I could I could see in all light conditions there there wasn't any situation I can recall I was lacking not being able to pick up the, the barrel. Well, if you think about you know when you if you're not shooting with eye protection, you're really doing yourself a, a disadvantage. I mean, you're taking something that is so crucial and precious in our life, which is our vision. You're, you're taking it into, you're putting it into harm's way. If you're not shooting with eye protection on, even though we've all been there, done that, it's crazy not to use shooting protection in your eyes, your visual, and then your hearing also. But when you do change the lens perspective of your eyes, the lenses that are equipped in our human head, in our human eyes, right? We have lenses in there that magnify and they they nearsightedness and farsightedness and now you might have prescription glasses you might have sunglasses all of that the prism technology that oakley is producing now that i wear on every hunt when i look down my sight it gives me the ability to pick that sight up even more i mean it gives me 
when I have those darker shades on, that sight becomes even more important now. So if you're not using eye protection, you should be. If you're not a prescription shooter and you're wearing your just your clear lenses and you're wearing a yellow or a, or a rose color or a lot of the, the, the technology that we use with Oakley, which is a little bit darker. I have red. I have different colors. It's crazy to see the difference if you take that sight off and look down at with your sunglasses as opposed to having that sight on there and now having those sunglasses on. It's it's night and day difference of getting on that target. There's nobody, and I pride myself in being able to get my shotgun shouldered and getting on the target now because I don't want to give that bird an ounce of a second to get further away from my patterning, spreading out more, causing maybe a BB to go into its body and, and hurt or cripple him or her and have a crippled 800 yards away and hopefully your dog's good enough to go retrieve it i want to kill it and dispatch it right now over the decal so i decoys mr mr phil so i pride myself in getting on target now when i call the shot i'm on it now i want my gun shouldered and i want my eye on the rib my cheek down on the butt and i want to be able to say boom and kill that duck right where i called the shot at because as soon as i pull that trigger the first time what happens all the other ducks they scoot back really quick especially if they're coming into the wind the winds at our back which ducks and geese are going to set into the wind they're going to just ride that wind and get out of there so if you're going to take the responsibility of transitioning to your second target you don't want them to give a have a chance to get even further away so being able to find that site is so crucial in the in the in the apps in the conservation part of what we're doing as guns and people would hear me and say you're crazy you don't need that and i'm like just try it ignorance is what is going to void you from being the most successful shotgunner you can be i i agree totally and um um yeah i i'm the same way whether bird hunting or or targets i i like the aggressive um getting on your target and dispatching as you say and i i think many shooters are like that do you think that, and I don't know how much you can talk about what you do with America's military, but if you take that same ideology into war and into theater and into defending our freedoms as a country over here, it's the same mentality. I mean, you have to get on target because now the stakes are high. The stakes are raised a bunch. So you work with the military, you supply sites to military issued weapons is it the same mentality there that the military takes in their training efforts of what we're discussing as just a duck hunter in, in the United States? Well, I think the short answer is yes. Um, you know, um, in the case of law enforcement, uh, we do work with them. Um, I think, uh, you know, what we see on a shotgun, the, the fact that you can get on target quicker um, you know, that, that can save your life. If you're law enforcement or military, um, any advantage you have to get on target, um, quicker is always a huge plus upside. So, um, yeah, it's, and, you know, durability, quality, um, you know, a lot of things go into a product like that, but, uh, but absolutely, it's, you know, a big, a big plus. So. What, what can an in-consumer expect with their high-vis experience 
customer service, quality of product, warranty information, how to maintain that site and provide the right kind of maintenance for it, instructions that come with the sites on how to get the most out of it and capitalize on this experience when you're shooting. They can expect all this. I've seen it for a decade now of how it takes my shooting experience to the next level. And that's what I've always, I've never said, hey, I'm all out shoot you. I've never said, oh, you're going to be a much better duck hunter with this. I've never said that. I said my experience has been elevated because of everything that the brand Hive is encompasses. What can somebody expect? Um, do you what does the future hold? I, I don't mean to, I don't want to sound like a pun, but the future is bright, right? This is a, this is what we need as America, the second amendment. We need to teach people to be safer, more responsible gun owners and gun shooters, whether you're a male or a female. I think that that's what the underlying message and branding is of the high viz brand. Would you agree with that? And where does, where do we go from here? Well, um, I agree with everything you just said. Um, you know, uh, you know, I know when Hivis was founded, you know, going back to the customer service um, uh, part there that you mentioned, um, I know when the company was started, um, we wanted to treat customers just how you want to be treated when you buy a product. And so we've done our best, try to honor that and, and make sure our customers know that, you know, uh, uh, without them, we wouldn't be here. But um, where we go from here forward, um, you know, I, um, I'm always glass half full, but I, I think, you know, there's a bright future um, in front of us. And you know, from the company standpoint, we uh, plan to stay, you know, innovative in terms of product and and um, um, coming out with with good stuff, you know, for future. And you know, the quality issue, we're we're very much about quality. So um, you know, any anything you see coming out from Hivas will, um, you know be built right and will be uh, um, 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 will will be backed 100% but uh, um, but will be the highest quality I guess what I'm trying to say here well, it's a huge qual stamp of quality that you guys put on the stuff, and it's never no that's never been compromised. That's a big that's a big thing when you're talking about shooting. It's a huge part of not pulling the wool over somebody's eyes, and that's what I've always tried to get across, Mister Phil, is that somebody could look at our relationship with your brand and be like, "Oh, they're just paying you to say that." You don't need that site. I've always been to the mindset of look. You owe it to yourself to be the best and most responsible shooter you can be. We would not be putting these sights on our guns if they did not elevate our consistency and our success and our experience. I promise you that. I've always, I was taught about the ethics and morals and principles of hunting at a very young age. I cannot stand to see animals suffer. I cannot stand to see animals disrespected. I don't care if it's a coyote in, in, 
Laramie, Wyoming, that just ate nine sheep on a farmer's ranch, I understand predator management and I understand the evolution and the ecosystem and what predators are put on earth to do. I never disrespect a coyote. They're the most adaptable animal probably on earth. You could probably put one at the North Pole and he'll be alive in a year. He'll find a way to live. So I've always been of the mindset of the animal deserves the utmost respect and compassion. And I would not be shooting a high-vis sight if I did not see a difference in the way that I shotgun and was able to ethically dispatch animals without having cripples. And I know that I've always bragged about my system. It's the Benelli with the federal ammo, with the high-vis sight, and a Rob Roberts choke tube. And this system does this for me daily on a consistent basis. Now, do I practice? Yes. Do I practice a ton in the off-season? No. But I do pattern my guns. I do understand what the pattern is doing, what the choke tube is doing, what the wad is doing. And after all of that is done and it's working properly, now it's about my vision and my skill set of being able to get on target and dispatch it. I would not have a high-vis on my gun if it didn't make me a better hunter. My life, my livelihood and the animals not suffering depends on my ability and responsibility of pulling that trigger. And that's what I try to tell people is that it's 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 not me trying to hard sell you. Either you want to be the best or you don't. And that's what high-vis does for me is it makes me a way better shotgunner and a way better duck hunter. Well, I know we're doing this show here, but I, I can tell the audience, um, you know, when we're we're not on air. Um, I know you're very much a believer in the high vis. And as you say, our relationship goes way back. And, and I recall a lot of the conversations that we have had, um, you know, regarding the product. So I know you're, you're a true believer. And, um, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. So I, I look. I look forward to many. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that, Mr. Phil? I'm sorry. You sure it's only a decade? I thought <laughs> further than that. We we might. It might be all. It might be 11 years now. Um, I mean, it's. We need to go back and research it because I remember coming to the the, the Fort Collins property. Maybe it was in 2008. It might be. It might be 10 or 12. It might be 12 years now. It's been a while. So. I, you know, what sucks is that, you know, I don't know what SHOT Show is going to do, but that's usually when we get to reconvene and hang out a little bit. But we got to make an effort to get together, and I need to come to Wyoming and see the, the new facility and, and tour it and see some of the cnc and the machining going on. And I think that we need to make an effort to get that done here soon. Absolutely. We'd love to have you. A nice steak dinner. Yeah. We sh- we share a very good friend, common friend, and 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 Mr. Scott, you know, our, served our country as a special forces, and he, I was introduced to him, and he became one of my best friends in in filming and traveling and what he's done for the our country and our show. And I I met him through you when Scott worked for you, and uh, I mean he is a he is a true American. He is. Um, I can't say enough good about Scott and. Uh, loved it when he was here and, and, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, quite the gentleman serves the country, uh, very well. Yeah. I, I love being around that guy. You talk about optimism and just a great human being. Uh, if you see him up there, he's still, is he still living there? Or did he move to Texas? Actually, he's still here. Um, I saw him a couple months ago. We, uh, actually went out and did some fishing. 
So oh, awesome. I'm going to text him right now and say hello. I always, I try to text him once a month, but he's a man. He's a great dude. He introduced me to several of the military guys that we get to hunt with and associate with. So I'm very honored to know Scott, but I appreciate your time, Mr. Phil, the high vis brand. You can find them exclusively on all of our shotguns at the foul life. And we are not going to quit shooting high vis you can mark my words on that i truly appreciate the partnership mr phil and uh i look forward to seeing you soon we do as well and uh we would look forward to having you and your crew come in and do the tour so and thanks for all that you've done uh over the 10 12 years We'll keep doing it, my man. I look forward to seeing you soon. That's Mr. Phil Howe, the founder of Hi-Viz Light Pipe Technology, Laramie, Wyoming. We do not shoot at a duck or a goose or a sporting clay without them on our Benelli's. Check them out. They, you can find them on social media, on Instagram, at Hi-Viz Sites. They are a true innovator and trailblazer in making our shotgunning and hunting experience elevated and that much better please check them out support the partners and sponsors that support us tom hit that button this is 2am logic the song is called my foul life thank you all for listening to another episode of the foul life podcast brought to you by our friends at high vis sites and light pipe technology take care talk to you soon